0: This is Getting Past Subtitles. My name is Sean Peel. And I'm DK Lee. We're moving on to week number two. So, you know, we're kicking off the new year with another director's retrospective. doing Park Chung-wook this time. You know, Team Korea, I guess. (laughs) I guess that's what we represent. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) He's like, my people. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so we're doing Park Chung-wook and we're doing all of his revenge films, uh, we decided. So... Last week, just to recap, we did um, Symphony for Mr. Vengeance. Now we're moving on to his movie right after, which was Old Boy, released in two thousand and three. And this is like the movie for Park Chan-wook, hundred percent. This is like where Chuk, like where people know his name, yeah. and mainly through like where he became like a global name versus outside of Korea. Because with with uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, it definitely put him on the map as a director in Korea. But then when he does Old Boy. Um, with, like, its film festival circuit and everything, not everybody kind of understands who he is. And this is where, like... And, like, this is the movie that is on everybody's, like, list. Like I mean, I think even JSA was... Well, okay, yeah, JSA was, like, definitely the first... I mean, first, for, the Korea, first, Korea, yeah, for Korea. For Korea. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, people yeah, knowing in Korea. You're right, you're right, you're right. JSA yeah. was that. And then simply of the was, I guess, more of a sleeper. And an old oh Boy was... Yeah, I mean, really
1: I think good. it was still good, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, crazy... Yeah, yeah. In terms of like its acclaim mm. across the world,
0: <laughs> right. And so this movie was like, it's like, oh, this is the guy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is like the movie. Like I said, it's like on everybody's list, like on the top one hundred, top two hundred lists. Yeah. Top like foreign film list. I guess is the movie that you'll always kind of see repeatedly on there, and probably the one that most of you would have known who this person is, or maybe even just know like south korea's films be like oh yeah old boy like
1: yeah you uh, probably heard of old boy you probably heard that there was a remake of an old boy and you're probably like (laughs) what's old boy
0: i feel bad for anybody that uh had to stumble upon old boy in that first experience (laughs) (laughs) which i a little bit like my i think my very like earliest memory with old boy was watching the trailers for that remake really like when it was coming out because it came out in 2013 yeah and I remember seeing the trailers like before it was coming out and I was like, Oh, that's interesting and what that what that's about. But I never saw it. And it wasn't until way, way later, like twenty sixteen era, that I had watched I told a story last episode, but I watched like The Handmaiden. And I think I went back and watched like his other movies, including Old Boy. And then that's when I really kind of
1: like did you actually watch the uh But the I never, remake? I never seen it. The, the only
0: thing I watched was the um the the hallway reducing oh. which it wasn't even in like a hallway it was actually in like an abandoned building yeah, so yeah, that abandoned building, yeah. but like they still try to do the one, one the take. one take bit it was really bad
1: i think i saw it too but i don't think i remember it, it
0: <laughs> it's was, like not in my memory anymore it's, it's so fake like it's so like try hard mm. it's crazy
1: well we will talk about why that scene was good later but yeah but yeah, I yeah, I've never, I didn't really hear a lot of good things about it, to be honest, for mm. the remake, no, unfortunately.
0: E- <laughs> even Spike Lee, like, basically denounced the movie.
1: His own movie?
0: Yeah, like, I'll get into it, but, I, like, I read that there was... Basically, the cut of the movie that we see is not the cut that was his cut. Mm. And so, like, him and Josh Brolin were like, nah, that's mm. terrible. Whatever. Hollywood drama, I guess.
1: I mean, I'm sure they had good intentions, but... Sure. It's kind of hard to do a remake of something that, like profound
0: exactly. yeah. like
1: so it's it's very
0: it's so original like it's so yeah
1: and it has a lot of like it's a lot of very specific to its culture and almost like okay, it's yeah, it's yeah. like setting okay yeah yeah. right yeah. whereas i feel like if you you have to try to find a one-to-one of that in an american's like culture right. and sense yeah, yeah and and it's like really hard to do that you know
0: it's got to be like a complete retelling you mm. really can't take from a movie like that like if they remade like if they remade parasite like they there's like that is a 100% a movie that is so like south korean to like, like, like the cultural movie, things it, right it, yeah exactly that's
1: why that's why yeah that's what i'm saying like the you really have to try to find the spirit of the movie right we all, we talked about this when we talked about like live <laughs> act adaptations <laughs> and stuff right yeah we did always feel like it's, it. it's really the same thing here too i think it's not a more it's not so much like following or like trying to copy a one to one but really Trying to figure out the spirit of the movie. Right. And then adapting
0: that. Yeah. It, and it's, I mean, like, it's our thing to do, mm. right? And um, yeah. I don't know. And when you think of, like, Hollywood and what their mentality is, it's, like, their mindset probably doesn't steer towards there because, like, well, if it worked here, then if we just remake that, it's going to make money, you know? Mm. And so they just kind of neglect, like, what it actually takes to make something good. Right. But that's a conversation for later.
1: Yeah. For I mean, sure. I mean, I'm sure Spike Lee had his own, like, yeah. Like, Hopes I, I, and I, dreams for you. <laughs> I'll
0: get into it later because I think it's a little interesting of how, like, because it's actually been in the works for a little while Yeah, for the US to remake it, but I kind of explained it near the end. Um, But just to get into a little bit. So, like I said, came out in 2003. Um, This was his second revenge film right after Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. And this is a movie that really put him on the map, is the most infamous. Um, This is actually based off of a manga. A Japanese manga that came out in nineteen. Well, it ran from nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety eight, and it was uh, serialized. And it was written by Garon Tsuchiya and it was illustrated by Nobuaki Minigishi. Um, so it actually got localized here in the U.S. in two thousand and six. So it was quite a few years that um, it didn't come to us. But you can read it now. I haven't read it. Um. I think I will read it uh, soon, probably, like, after this, just to kind of see. Because uh, somebody had brought it up to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. Um, so I'm not sure how closely, like, to the root material this is. Yeah, I'm going to guess probably not so much, to be honest. Um, but other than that, it's kind of really what I've got. I've got some other uh, facts, but kind of we'll tie into later, as it's more, like, within the scenes of the movie. But so my first experience, like I said, I think this was kind of a movie that I watched after I seen The Handmaiden and then I went to see his other revenge films. And my feelings were definitely like a little similar to after Symphony from Mr. Vengeance, where it's just angst and like <laughs> oh, you know? After that. but I got that I didn't get that feeling till the twist. Like you, you don't really uh, get that till like the very end when yeah. the truth is revealed. But I think, like, the journey up into that was this was a very thrilling film. Like, it's a very exciting. It's very, like, like kind of like an action thriller, but more mature and gritty and violent, you know? And it is, like, an adventure mystery film for all types of purposes. Because you're just trying to uncover, like, the truth, basically, right. from this guy. And then you get, like, a gut punch at the end. And you're like everything is so wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I still feel the same way watching it now. It's actually worse. <laughs> it doesn't make it any easier knowing mm. the movie, watching it again. Because yeah. I'm just watching Odesu, like, go through all this stuff like without any knowledge. And I'm like, don't do that. Like you're He's just like just running it's, through the hoops, right? Right, yeah. That's then, like, laid out before him. It's kind of sad. And then everything with, like, Mido, it's just like, ah, It doesn't make it any easier. It really just doesn't make it any easier. You know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, this is really like, when I finished it the first time, I was like, this movie now goes into a shelf that doesn't need to be opened up for a while. And every watching it now, after so many years, it's like, this is why this isn't something we watch (laughs) all the time. Yeah,
1: For me, like when I first watched it, I don't think I really understood the movie. I watched that when I was pretty young. Okay. Um so watching it, I don't even think I like fully realized like who was like tr- like pulling the strings and yeah, like yeah. why things were happening the way they were and right. Like what the characters were like trying to get from it. Yeah, I understood that like Odesu was like trapped and he mm. he was stuck there for a really long time and like he was trying to like find the person who did it. Yeah. But like that the twist at the end, where like he, uh, where Eugene um, tells him about um, his daughter, right? Yeah. I didn't. I don't think it hit me. Like I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't able to process what that meant. Right. Right. Well, at that at, at, at that age, the
0: weight of like,
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, like like I or like crazy. just like the what the consequences meant and like right, I think okay. a lot of the flashback parts kind of like flew past me. Uh, I don't think I realized that like he was. Um, he was uh, oh. like involved with his own sister like okay. I, yeah, that yeah, yeah. that was like a big part of it like right, right. big part of the yeah. story that like yeah. that was the reason why he did right right everything that's that the that reason did. why he did everything that he he did for real right like yeah. that that's a real reason, but I don't think I caught that when I okay. watched it the very first time, <laughs> and so like I understood kind of like a very general like okay yeah. revenge story of it right right but like watching it again now. Like after under like understanding everything and like really understanding the story, I'm like, "Dang!" Like if I were to think about the worst way I can get at somebody, yeah, like this movie would be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I constantly ask myself that too because, like, kind of similar to you, I kind of had a um. It's been so long. Like I I understood like the reason why he did it and understood you know like obviously the twist and that Amido um, you know, was Odessa's daughter. Um, but I had really forgotten like a lot of the details and like the scene by scene play, so it was like a worthwhile watch my second time to yeah. kind of like grasp the film in its entirety now. But like once, w- like as the film kept going on, and once we were getting to the to, like the end, and especially during the flashback scenes, I was like kind of asking myself constantly, like. It, is this really enough reason to like do what you did? Yeah, like you imprisoned this guy for, for 15. fifteen years. Like you straight up kidnapped him in the middle of the night, like in the, like at a night. Like he was living his own life, like not aware. Like he said, like there's that one line where, you know, he thinks that he got hypnotized once he got once they moved him out of the cell. Yeah, but he was like, I didn't hypnotize you be, just to erase your memories from who I was. Like you just straight up forgot. Yeah, he just like, didn't care enough, yeah. right? And then you just like you're just remembering now that you're like actively jogging your memory. But it's like for something that happened so many years ago in high school. All right. And then I get it, like really the impact is like his sister committed suicide out of the consequences that happened of what was like maybe a white lie. Not even a white lie, but just, just the like, rumors that he just, just kinda of spread, right? Yeah. That that
1: grew out of his one little like Yeah. Him telling his friend about it.
0: Exactly. um, Like letting the cat out of the bag just to mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. Like just that one little thing. And then you do this. <laughs> you do you basically ruin somebody's entire life. Like right. literally his entire life. It's like, even worse
1: than that if you think about it. Because he has been planning it for like years. Exactly. Right? He's,
0: he's been planning it
1: for more than 15 years. Yeah.
0: Because like 15 years was
1: part of the plan like right. that was
0: like planned in action right. like he had to have been planning it like straight out of high school he
1: was waiting until the little girl would grow yeah. up right yeah but he had to plan that even before because yeah. he had to plan when he was gonna kidnap the, exactly the he guys. had to be
0: like what he had to like ask himself like what is the sickest way I can get revenge <laughs> on this guy and he had to be like I'm gonna wait for Odesu to be like happy married with kids and like in that place where like you know, you're living like your life normal, out, yeah, normal, happy life. And then I'm gonna snatch it all away, Uh-huh. and not tell you why I did it. Yeah, for
1: 15 years, exactly. And then when I'm finally ready to enact yeah. my real revenge, yeah, it's just gonna—I'm like, gonna let you out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you're gonna go on this wild goose chase, and then you're just gonna find out on yourself. But like, I'm pulling the strings for like, fi- like I've been pulling the strings for 15 years. On yeah, it, you know what I mean. It's, and then like, y- you have to think about what happens off screen. Like when he kidnaps him, he kidnaps him, right? He murders his wife and then frames him for it, oh, yeah, that he goes to be a fugitive, and then he's been taking care of his daughter indirectly right. since she was like eight years old, like it's all constructed for one revenge for one thing plan that's insane,
1: but but that you know he also says like like once you die, like what am I gonna live for, right, right. And he's like, that I, was his, and that was his entire life too. Right, like, right, yeah, that's his entire life too. So, I mean, we'll talk. We could talk about like the themes and stuff right. later, but I mean, that's it's insane. pretty.
0: That's insane. That's yeah. that's a crazy guy for sure.
1: Yeah, we're we're getting like way ahead of
0: ourselves yeah. though. We kind of explained the movie without explaining the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you watch the movie, <laughs> you're like, whoa, yeah, why even do that? Um. But yeah, this is your turn. So how about you go ahead? You kind of, sure. what so, do we watch, bro?
1: You know, Old Boy is about this guy who whose name is Odezu. And I mean, we kind of explained it already, but mm. he's living his life and he's a very rambunctious and loud dude and he just does whatever he wants. And he, you know, get, got into trouble this one night and his friend bails him out mm. and he's uh, talking to his wife on the phone and... Uh, the his friend is basically like the uncle for his daughter. Da- his daughter, right? So he's like, oh, like, um, let let the uncle um talk to the daughter, or, like talk to the wife for for a bit, right? And while he's like talking on the phone in the fo- phone booth, who uh, gets kidnapped, mm. and uh, he gets taken to this random place, and he has no clue where he is, and um, he all he gets in terms of like human interaction is. A person who brings him food, um, brings him dumplings, fried dumplings every day, the same meal every time into his little like room where he has like, I guess, a little area for to shower in a bathroom and yeah. basically just like a bunk bed and a TV. It's
0: like a hotel. Yeah.
1: Kind of like a hotel. Yeah. yeah but like you're room. just stuck there forever. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you had quarantine for 15 years and you just had to stay in one room.
0: Yeah. like You got stuck in a motel like off the driveway. And yeah. You could never leave.
1: Yeah, you can never you mean, leave, and you you were just given fried dumplings every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so like you know he's there, and he kind of wants to figure out. he's like at 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 a certain point, he's just like, I don't even want to leave. If just tell me like why I'm in here, right? Like right. the reason why I'm in here, and that's like his biggest like you know pr- like problem because he doesn't know why he's there, yeah. and no one's telling him, and and he's just given food, and at night actually they uh they. Um, throw in like they pour in like like some gas gas, um, to make you sleep like a sleep gas like they like like inject it into the room so Mm. he falls asleep every day and like multiple times he like tries to kill himself and he also like tries to like get out and stuff like that but after like year 11 he kind of decides like like i'm kind of comfortable being in (laughs) here but like he uh vows to get revenge on the guy um, who did that to him so right. he um starts he actually starts writing in his like little journal to figure out like all the wrong things that he did in his life to see like to figure out who um is the one that like put him in there right and he also starts trying to get in shape and like um, learn to box and stuff so that he can Um, be fit and strong enough to like fight the dude later or whatever at the end so like he would watch like tv and basically the tv was his like outlet (laughs) yeah into the world and so like that's how he would get all of his like information for anything yeah and so he's like living like that for uh a few years and like one day like he you know as usual they give the fried dumplings but then this time they actually gave him one extra chopstick by accident <laughs> and so he uses that chopstick to uh try to dig himself out of the room by like kind of think about like shawshank redemption like it yeah, yeah. was like digging out uh, of the uh concrete and the bricks and so like by year like i think it's by year 15 he finally gets like a taste of like rain outside yeah. as soon as he- that happens he actually is uh taken out of their room and the person who was uh in charge basically (coughs) hypnotizes him and we don't know what they hypnotize him for we just know that there's this woman who came into his room uh, once the sleeping guest was inside and he she hypnotized him after he got hypnotized uh, he was released out into the world and so he's released out into the world on some like (laughs) in a suitcase (laughs) on some like skyscraper right yeah and uh from then on he tries to you know find out uh what's going on what happened and, and tries to <laughs> figure out like you know who that uh, this this is like his only one like goal in life yeah. right to get revenge
0: like nothing else matters besides right because
1: he doesn't app. have he doesn't oh i forgot to say we kind of yeah. mentioned before but he doesn't even have uh his uh, wife anymore because they framed him yeah, yeah. by uh using like his dna and stuff um, to make it seem like he's the one that killed his wife. Yeah, so and then
0: so like to the world he's like a fugitive. Basically. Yeah,
1: so to yeah. the world he's a fugitive, and he comes out into the world. He has nowhere to go, so he basically is like wandering around. Mm. Like he's at this like a sushi, like a sashimi, yeah. restaurant, and he's like looking outside, and some like beggar comes and gives him like a wallet, and like a phone, uh, a phone. and he takes it because the beggar's like oh don't ask me any questions because i don't know anything as well and so he takes the phone in the in the wallet and he decides to go into the restaurant and yeah get some uh live so anything that's live basically <laughs> yeah. and the uh restaurant the the one of the uh chefs in the uh restaurant the sh- sashimi chef is it do you call it a chef <laughs> Um, i feel like there's a word for that i don't know what the title
0: for like yeah a sushi chef would be
1: but anyways uh she is in there and she kind of recommends like oh we only have um live octopus and so he's like okay yeah i'll take it yeah. and basically he <laughs> starts eating it like live yeah and while that's happening he gets a phone call and uh he picks up the phone and he asks like who are you and after that he like just falls unconscious. Yeah, all of a sudden, right? And then the sashimi chef, the girl, she um, is like shocked because that happened, and so she takes him to her house.
0: Yeah, and weird, but very weird. But that's all
1: part of the part of the story. It's like yeah, yeah, we'll play along. Yeah, and so like <laughs> at the house, um, she kind of takes care of him. And because, like, he hasn't seen anyone for so long, yeah, he's, like, very hormonally, like, <laughs> very <laughs> up there.
0: I, I let lo- We pass it, but I love this shot when, like, he's, like, descending from the, the rooftop yeah, to go to the ground floor, and there's, like, this, like, elder lady in the elevator with him. And he's, like, a cat on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like-, like, I cannot <laughs>
1: get any closer to this woman or else something yeah, will happen.
0: <sighs> yeah. And so, yeah. So, yeah, he gets... um. He gets moved to, um. well, he gets taken in by the sushi chef. Yeah. Mindo, right?
1: And so, like, they're there, and their first objective is trying to find the restaurant yeah. that sells the fried dumplings that he's been eating for 15 years. And, you know, because he's been eating it for 15 years, that's the only thing <laughs> that he's been eating. He's like, yeah. I can't forget the taste. I know what the restaurant will be if I eat it. So he basically goes everywhere across, yeah. uh, you know,
0: well, like, he knows the name is called like blue violet, or at least a piece of he it. He knows like the like... last letter of of the uh, yeah. Oh yeah, of like the yeah, the, the Chinese characters. Yeah, of the them. restaurant.
1: So, so basically, that's how he tries to like narrow down yeah. uh, the fried dumpling <laughs> place. And so he finally finds a place, and he like tracks down. Like he like uh, well, he shadows like one of the delivery guys, and mm-hmm. uh, they take him to this like weird. What do you call it? Like a weird, like, it's kind of like a hotel, but it's like a abandoned building ish looking kind of like, yeah,
0: it, it's, I don't know. I mean, it is just like an arbitrary building. Yeah, it's, Yeah. Like, like an office building sort of thing. But yeah. then inside it's just like rooms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, but like what it's used for is like the guys basically using each room as like, like a room a cell, to live in. Basically. A cell
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and and basically, if you call them, like, they tell you, like, yeah. oh, like, how long do you want this person to, like, be in here? And, like, <laughs> Their
0: business is to literally imprison people in yeah. those, like, cells or, like, fake hotel cells for as long as, like, the client wants or whatever. Right. So, yeah.
1: And so he goes there and, you know, he interrogates the guy, yes. the boss there.
0: He tries to interrogate him for, because he finds out that, basically... Uh, the guy that owns the the cell or like those are whatever, um, it's just kind of like a, that's a business. And then he, he tries to figure out who the client was that yeah. hired him to put uh, Desu there. And he kept like a recording, yeah, recording tape yeah. of like the conversation that he had with the client. And so he takes that tape to um, uh, yeah right yeah, after.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then They listen to it together, yeah.
0: So they haven't like seen each other for like 50 years, and he explains the story like that's kind of off screen. But then yeah. he shows them the tape, and they try to figure out um, who it is who the guy was. And then basically, like, I guess just him and Dessa um try to like narrow down who would have like done it wrong or whatever, yeah. Right? They just try to kind of figure it out, yeah.
1: And then he goes back to um the sushi chef's house, her mm-hmm. name's Meadle, and uh, she like he's like looking and trying to figure out like you know he's trying to find out what's going on but she's like on the computer yeah and she's like chatting with some dude and uh the dude's name like the chatting id name is like evergreen yeah. and she's like talking telling tesu about it as well and yeah. and then the guy evergreen like tells her like how is tesu uh, doing outside in the yeah, yeah in, the in the bigger and prison <laughs> right yeah. and so like tesu gets suspicious because he's like oh like you, middle you must be in it as well right because right. how can you be talking to some dude right he doesn't trust anybody he, so Nobody he basically is. doesn't trust her uh, as well yeah and so he inter- interrogates her uh, like
0: cho wong basically tracks down i guess the like whoever the account or the contact was for the uh like the online teller yeah and like because like they find out the username was like monster or something yeah, yeah Yeah. and that's why he interrogates her because it was like his safe word or some shit like that yeah and then basically Chogun is like, Yeah, I track down the address from where this is coming from and it turns out to be the apartment that's like right across from where yeah. Middle lives. And then that's when he finds um those two guys. Right,
1: right. So he finally like finds the two guys who are like Evergreen. Yeah, Evergreen and like he and the dude is like, Oh yeah, sure, like like you can kill me now, but mm-hmm. you'll never find out like the reason why. Yeah. And he like he has a little device that like is able to basically Uh, Stop his mechanical thing that's helping him pump his heart from uh, working, and like that's how he threatens (laughs) Tetsu (laughs) by saying like you can kill me now and get your revenge and never find out like the reason why, or you can let me go and you can try to actually find out the reason why.
0: And he says like, and he tries to torture him, and he's like, well, you can't torture me because then I'll just kill myself, yeah, and then it would just lead to the same conclusion essentially, yeah. So it's like an ultimatum, yeah, basically.
1: And so he gives him like five days to find out, right? Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And um, yeah, because like on July fifth, I guess, which turns out to be significant for the story. Yeah. Um, and it's like right after that, he basically is like, "You should go check on me, do, Essentially. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And because he beat up all those guys from like the um the
1: the hotel the, business the, the, thing, the, kin- <laughs> the kidnapping dudes. I was calling them <laughs> the kidnapping. <laughs> dudes. The
0: kidnapping business. The kidnapping business. Basically, they're like um. Uh, capture Mido because she's ready to tie up and then they like threaten her and then threaten him and then before they torture Adesa, um, basically like Evergreen gives him a bunch of cash to like pay him off and to like scram yeah. essentially because yeah. like he wants him alive or like unhurt essentially so he the kidnapping guys take the deal and uh scram away and <laughs> he basically wants to take out his teeth because he took because he tortured him by taking out his, all of his teeth and stuff yeah and so after that, um uh Dessa basically is like clear like Mito's kind of clear at that point, and then um sketchy stuff happens between them.
1: <laughs> well the thing is like um what's his name? Um the guy Evergreen yeah. threatens threatens uh Tessu that he will kill the people that he loves. Right. Like all around. Like every person that he loves he'll kill. So like basically that means that he's gonna kill Mido, right? Right in five days if he doesn't figure it out or like find out and she heard everything yeah and she hears everything and so like they basically um pack up and leave the place leave the uh the uh, house mido's house and they um go um they drive and they try to you know go and figure it out run away Um, yeah run away
0: and so they end up in a hotel and then they make love and then um that same night uh, Evergreen, like, knows everything that's going on. And so they gassed the hotel room. Like, they tracked them the whole time. And then they guess they knew exactly where they're going because I was where they gassed the room. Yeah. Um. And so they gas the room, and then they leave, like, a present for the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and this uh, opens up the box, and it turns out to be the kidnapper's, the CEO guy's hand yeah. with, like, his ring and stuff. Basically as, like, a callback to um, when he was sitting in the apartment would uh, threatened the kidnapper guy. He was like, "I'll cut off your hand for touching Mudo's uh, boob." Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so now, and so basically, um, Evergreen um, did it for him. So is like, "Well, the only way that he would know that, since he wasn't in the room, is is we're bugged, and that's yeah, how he was able tracking to device. Yeah, that's how he tracked us down, and he was able to like do this essentially. Yeah. So then they go to like some store, like electronics store or whatever, and they find the bug in his like the sole of his shoe. And then, basically, they're, like, try to figure out, like, what evergreen means, yeah. right? Because, like, that and then the, the name of, like, the date of, like, July 5th and, like, what that pertains to. Yeah, and
1: then he goes through the list of, like, all the things that are
0: evergreen. On the internet? Yeah, on yeah. the internet.
1: And, and then he realizes that it's uh, the school that he used to go to.
0: Yeah, in high school. Yeah. And so they forgot that it's the high school. And I think... Well, no, that's a flashback, actually. Then it goes into a flashback of... Right, isn't it the flashback first of meeting, um, uh, Evergreen? Well, his turn. His name turns out to be Wu Jing. It's like his sister, because um, like they're talking about like their classmates and stuff. Yeah. And the date, I think he like brings up the date. Like, what's the big s- significance of like the date? The date, and he's like, oh, that was the day that this classmate dad, of ours yeah. died. And he's like, well, who was she? She was like this like cute hot girl, whatever. Mm. And uh, she had a brother, and then. Basically, they go to the school. They actually do go to school because they yeah. try to look through the yearbooks, and he finds Wu Jing in the yearbook. So that's how he finds what his name was, yeah. and then that leads him to the sister, finding out who the sister was. Yeah, like all her pictures and stuff were like redacted from the yearbook mm. because she died. She passed away.
1: Well, it was kind of like a uh, she committed suicide, right? Not just passed away. Yeah, and so like that's that. You know, looking through the yearbook, uh, finding out about Wu Jing, and then finding out about the girl. Like he tries to figure out why she killed herself, mm-hmm. and so he like goes to like the old like you know people like colleagues or whatever, um and like tries to figure out like who she was and like trying to figure out and then like one of the girl like one of the women that he goes to visit, she calls her own like friends and people who remember uh, remember yeah. the sister or the girl, and like. And then the person is like, oh, like, you would know best about who she is, right?
0: Yeah. He has, like, he finds out that there's a bunch of rumors about her. Like, yeah. she was, like, this slut, like, around the school. Yeah, she was, like, a... She was, like, involved with a bunch of, like, other boys around the yeah, school. Yeah, she was very
1: promiscuous and, like, everyone, like, you know... Yeah. Yeah, she was slept with everyone or whatever.
0: And so he tries to, like, kind of unravel what the rumors meant, essentially, like, what's yeah. going on. And then that's when he goes to the other classmate and then To was, the like, beauty salon.
1: <laughs> and then the woman who is, like, yeah. who was... um at the school as well basically tells her oh tells him like oh you would know the the best and then that triggers like a flashback about like the whole thing and like who she was and like what he found out about the relationship between um ujin and the sister and it was that ujin and the sister was having like a relationship like a but then they're related so it's like incestuous (laughs) yes they were having an incestuous relationship
0: sketch and so it was, like, Daisus' fault because, so Deise saw the whole thing, like yeah. you said, and then he goes to uh, one of his friends. I'm assuming it's Cho right? First?
1: Yeah, yeah, he right? goes to, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he tells him, like, what he saw. And then you, you can just assume that, like, Cho tells told somebody else, and the rumor just spread yeah, all yeah, throughout. Yeah, Like, at that point, he goes to where his workplace is after he tells Mito what's up. And um, that's when he goes up to the penthouse where uh, Wu Jing uh, works at. Well, that's where he,
1: like...
0: He doesn't really work there. He lives lives there. Yeah, you're right. We don't know what that guy does, by the way. He's, like, he's
1: hella rich. He works... His job is to get revenge. What do you mean? (laughs) This is true. This is true. He doesn't have any other job.
0: (laughs) That guy made a lot of money for trying to get revenge, let me tell you. But, um... He finally, like, figured out where he lives in the palace or whatever through, like, some riddle. And then, um... After, like, a brief fight scene... Um... They kind of, like, talk it out, essentially. And then um Desu, like, confesses that he has remembered, like, why he was do- being, why he uh, Woojin was doing everything. He was like, because I found out about your sister, like, in high school. And then she committed suicide because of it. And then that's when Woojin, like, kind of tells the side of the story. Yeah. Where it's like, well, it wasn't just because of that. Like, well, she killed herself because, like, one rumor led to another. And then she started believing into those rumors. And basically there was, like, this... Phantom pregnancy that happened with her sister with the sister. Um and then like basically she couldn't bear to stand that like the child that she would have had would also be her nephew, you know? And then because of that she was going to commit suicide. Yeah. Um and so like there was that whole re- re- revelation and then bujin kinda like turns the tables on Desu uh, and then like reveals to him a box and then in the box is a photo book of like his daughter, and then like skips over to like his daughter is actually Nido. Yeah, and then like like. Ba-bombs. And so that's the big big yeah <laughs> yeah the
1: big twist is that he fell in love with his own daughter. Yeah, and that's like his big revenge that Hujin had in store this whole time was um using the hypnotist to make them fall in love with each other. Right, and okay. then yeah, and then after he after the revelation, like Tezu is like shocked and he's like basically begs and asks him not to like have me to open it yeah and like he basically grovels like before him to like not open it and then cuts uh, off his tongue yeah he cuts off his own tongue and says that you know like he won't like talk anymore and like you know say anything so basically after that um ujin is like okay yeah um (laughs) don't show
0: her (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically like appeases him like all right fine yeah
1: and then, and then after that, he basically, Ujin basically kills himself. Yeah. And then... Um, he's
0: like, what, well, what do I have to live for now? Right. Yeah. His,
1: his revenge is basically complete.
0: But he's like, despite everything, he's like, after everything that happened between my me and my sister, we still loved each other. he's like, but can you two do the same? Yeah.
1: Basically, yeah. 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 And so after that, it flashbacks, not flashback, it flashes forward. Yeah. Um, Time skip. And they're in some weird... Wood area <laughs> with snow and some mountain, yeah, some mountain. Winter. And then, uh, Tesu basically wrote a letter to the hypnotist to, to be like, Hey, can you come up here and hypnotize me so that I can basically love my daughter without <laughs> thinking about anything, <laughs> without, um, you know, basically having him forget his past and all the things that happened, and, yeah, that he could just, you know, be with his daughter. Um,
0: is it even that though? Like, it was just to forget. Like, I don't even know that he wanted to still be with her. Well, I'm just day. saying, like, but that ended up what happening. But no, no, I mean, it
1: is that he so that he could forget everything. Right? Like. Yeah. So yeah.
0: At the end of the day, and then, yeah, it just kind of ends with like, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. Oh, it just ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> That's how it ends. It's kind of vague though. Like, kind of talk about it. Yeah, like there because like what he, he goes to the hypnotist, right? And it basically she reads his story and then she's like, all right, fine. I'll help you kind of forget everything. And then there's that whole like dream sequence thing about whatever him trying to forget. And then it like kind of cuts to the present. And like the the thing was like, once you take 70 steps, like you basically forget everything. But like were those 70 footsteps that the camera showed? up until I mean where that's a standing. little technical is it but see but see <laughs> no, but, see? but mean, that's that's where like does it play because I don't think it is but we never know from like they said because he can't speak anymore he just kind of like laughs like a crazy man mm. um because then mido mido like hugs him and then whatever try to be happy again mm. but it's a little vague and like did he forget didn't he like and obviously everything else that kind of happens is up to your own imagination yeah so to speak but it's a tough movie. It's a tough. It's a tough plot. I mean, there's a
1: lot of stuff going on in the movie for sure. Yeah, uh, trying to follow it is like not easy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a technical one. It's just like so intricate. Like that's just too much to do to one guy. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's unfortunate. And then, like, I mean, what? Like, Wu kills himself at the end of it, which is like okay, kind of whatever. And I mean, it's kind of. It's like yeah. That's.
1: I mean he's done, right? There's <laughs> nothing for him to live for, so
0: But um uh hang on one second. But yeah, I mean there there's so many iconic things about this film, even just like outside of the story. Obviously the story is like super gripping and like really shocking. Um and just like kind of grotesque <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um but even just like other things, I mean the iconic hallway fight scene is like probably the thing. Like between that and the live octopus eating is probably the most iconic scenes yeah. that the movie's done for. Um, and like the always scene is really done really well. Even watching it this time around again, um, it's pretty awesome. Just like you know, we kind of talked about this in other action films where, like, you just want to see the action. Like, if you have uh, like cut after cut and like you're shooting it like edit wise, and you don't see anything that's really happening, it just kind of all gets mixed up and it just looks bad. But like the more that you can like just play it by the actors doing their thing and like see it in the moment is just like all inspiring. It's it's more visceral, right? Exactly. Like being
1: able to see everything instead of having it cut every single time. Yeah. Like you're, every you're there, like you're really yeah. Like in it. And the and the great well, if we're talking about the action sequence, like great thing about it is you see like them actually getting tired, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not easy to do a one take <laughs> that long. Yeah. And like imagine like all of those people like in that one little hallway or whatever.
0: That's a huge choreograph like with that many people to do it in that one take. It's yeah. like a really detailed choreography. And
1: so like it it really sells the the uh mm. the heaviness of it and and just like the weight of it and like yeah. every hit feels like or like every fall feels tiring and sweaty and you feel like (laughs) the further you go every time he gets stabbed and what i love about it is like the main character doesn't like win every every time right (laughs) Right. he gets smacked around like he gets stabbed he gets beat barely
0: barely pulling through
1: yeah he's barely pulling through and i love that last shot too where he like you it's a close-up of his face and and it's like a a depth of field you just see the whole hallway in the back and <laughs> yeah all the people just like on the floor yeah and he has just like that smile on his face that iconic smile mm-hmm. which is like a reference to the uh the painting on on his on his hotel wall you're right, or like right. his room wall yeah and so like yeah, all of that it's like really well done right
0: yeah it's like yeah it's just like love when he like starts hammering people's toes <laughs> when he's like gets on the ground for like the third yeah. time and everybody just starts throwing, like, their sticks at him. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like, all the great
1: part about it. It's, like, the dudes are so tired, like, and, and they're scared of the of, of Tezu because yeah, yeah. he's, like, a monster at that point, right? And, like, they don't even want to go close and, like, throw that little, like, wood at yeah. him. It's
0: Because, like, like, the last guy that he beats up is, like, the biggest guy yes, with like, yeah. no shirt. And even him, he's just, like, backing against the wall. And yeah. he's, like, back up, guys. like, he's yeah. coming towards me or whatever. Uh, yeah
1: but what i like about the action scenes in in this movie um and just like any movie really but like what i like about it here is that like the action serves to tell the story too right Mm. it's like it's part of the story it's incorporated and it feels like it's genuinely like a part of the story whereas sometimes like especially in action movies it feels like more like the story is catered to the action rather than the action catered to the story yeah. And where and here, it's definitely the opposite. Where it's the action is catered towards the story, and it's it's part of the story, and it's part of the growth of Tezu, and it's showing who he is, yeah. and it's showing like the insurmountable odds that he has to get through for his revenge. And I think it really like cap- encapsulates that really well. Right. So that's why I really like it, like the scene too.
0: Yeah, like if you think about it, like there's not all that many action scenes in this movie, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is, like, one of, like, a handful. I mean, there's
1: quite a bit, actually, if you think of I mean, th- it, like, in considering, like, right. it not being, like, an action movie, yeah. I feel like yeah. even at the end, there's, like, that... Sc- that's sprawl. That scuffle. Kind of yeah, scuffle. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, with yeah.
0: The I mean, there's, like, a lot of, like, action and, like, violence being taken out on people. Mm-hmm. But, like, full-on brawls, like, there's... Okay, in the beginning, um... Like right when he gets out, he fights like those kids just oh, to yeah. test out his fighting ability, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Well, looks like you know, imaginary boxing actually does work in the real world." <laughs> yeah. now. And then like then there's that, and then there's this fight scene, which actually happens pretty early on too, because like because that's when after he gets the guy and he comes back out, yeah. he's met with all those all like the the grunt workers. I love that scene where he's just like, "Is anybody here A B blood type?" Oh yeah. And he's like he's like, take him, rush him to the hospitals. Yeah. And then he just fights everybody else. And, then, like, after that, there's, like, it's really just violence being done to people. Yeah, like, it's
1: e- not really, yeah, there's not, like, crazy amount of that. It's not, and like, an action-action movie, you know?
0: Yeah. And then, like, just getting tortured. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of that. Getting
1: tortured, and then just at the end when he's fighting... uh The other two guys. Mr. Oh, and, Han. And, and Mr.
0: Han. Yeah. Yeah. That guy goes crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I did, to this day, I, like, watching. him like, I don't... What <laughs> he like gets lost in fighting? Like if something triggers in him, and he just like I don't know, just turns into a beast. <laughs> uh, and then like Wu Jing has to shoot him to like, oh uh, yeah, be done. Well, with no, it.
1: no, he got stabbed in the ear.
0: Oh, that's oh. why. Oh, right, right, right. That's why he was like, I'm gonna kill him. But Wu
1: Jing like too, not like, gonna, like, gonna have any of that. Yeah. He just <laughs> shoots him in the head.
0: None of this prolonged stuff. Yeah. We're done here. We're done here. But yeah. Um gosh, what else? Actually also too I picked up on like a lot of the like CG like fancy transitions, which I don't remember it being in this movie. Like I remember it. Like I, the like the big ass uh ant. The ants. Um or just like even like um when after he meets me and Yeah, and that scene with like the train coming in, like that kind of transition. Yeah. Or when they go to the high school and they find the picture on the on the internet. And then it like turns into like the, the external shot yeah. for the next scene, like all that stuff. I was like, oh, at well, least it's kind of cool. It's really well done. I didn't remember these,
1: and I, I like the fact. Like it, it's funny because you can obviously tell that the ant is like CG or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it kind of works out, right? Like in the movie, because like it's it's like a very like um, they're not trying to sell it as it as if it's real. Right, it's like it's a it's like a dream. It's like an illusion, right? It's like right. a hallucination yeah. of the person. So like the fact that it is like, like it, you can obviously like tell it's like it's like surreal. It's like a CG thing, right. weird ass looking like ant.
0: But even in context, it's like surreal. Like they're not even playing it to be like that's what I'm saying. Reality. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. That's why I think it feel I feel like it works better.
1: Right. Like the CG works better. Mm. Whereas like if we were trying to do it like as if like it's a real ant, right? It would not have worked. <laughs> and, like, even, like, the crawling, like, the ant, like, coming out of his skin and stuff like that. Right, right. Like, you can c- you can tell it's not real, but, yeah, like, yeah. it it's it works well because, like, obviously it's not supposed to be a real ant, right? It's, right. Like, it's like, kind of his imagination.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think, like, that, that effect, too, was, like, crawling under his skin was really well. It was mm. really good. Yeah, I watched yeah. that and I was like, hey, that looks kind of real. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that looks kind of cool. That's weird. Yeah. Um yeah let me see what else yeah, that's like kind of it for like the releasing at that point yeah anything that really got your attention this time around?
1: i mean the shots a lot of the shots that they had were nice like like when they wake up from the uh hotel after they had sex uh hodesu and uh, mido like mm-hmm. that that shot of them like in the blankets but like they're just staring at the camera Like, yeah. like oh yeah and it's like that it's, was cool. it's a yeah. back and forth with the uh with the box yeah and then it's like a weird like, jump cut kind of thing that uh-huh. it
0: does but it kind of works yeah
1: and they're like in, in in their like bed sheets but like it look it's, it's a very nice composition there that look nice right and then the purple box like it's, it's right just there. like a really bright purple box yeah and that juxtaposition was nice she like um, drops after <laughs> she like drops on. oh yeah after seeing what it is yeah <laughs> uh, it, it kind of reminds me of like a wes anderson like composition oh, yeah that's why i think i liked it i yeah. was <laughs> like oh that's a very nice like Really nicely like composed, it's like clean symmetry. Symmetry, symmetry. Of, with like a big person and a small person kinda of like that yeah, together right. and <laughs> in the in the bed sheet together. Such a just Wes Anderson like ish like, you know, look to it.
0: Oh man. You know, th- the other thing I didn't really like piece together was just the use of um like the color purple and the pattern with um with Woo-Jing and like you know, like those are the clues for the truth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but also like the the use of red with like Do, was like is paralleling to uh Ujin's sister as yeah. well. Those things I kinda picked up this time around too when I was like, Oh
1: Yeah, the colors are very like intentional in this movie for sure. Um,
0: and like in like in the flashback too, like it's all brown. It's got a very like old film vibe. Yeah, the to sepia. It. <laughs> the, <laughs> the sepia, sepia. life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like oh that's neat. It's yeah. neat. Uh, I yeah. mean there's a lot of a lot of scenes I think in this movie that I
0: it's it's just so very stylized. I enjoyed it. It yeah. is a very stylized movie. Even
1: the opening shot of the, of the movie yeah. when you when it's like up in Tetsu's face and he's holding the mm. neck necktie,
0: yeah, stuff like that. Um, I would say like I think one of the biggest things that I kind of uh, thought about when I was watching this movie was similar to like it just being really stylized, but just like how kind of almost commercialized the movie felt, you know. I think, like, I, my initial feeling was, like, I think I was just so enthralled with, like, the twist and, like, the gut the first time, but then this time around kind of, like, watching the whole thing, it's such a, like, a, like an exciting, like, thriller kind of-esque film, um, more than it is with, than, like, I don't know, like, intellectual or, like I said, like, I mean, it's clearly playing for, like, revenge or revenge only, but it's, like, the movie is really playing for, like, plot. Like, mm-hmm. it's entirely playing for, like, like the story and, like, unveiling the truth kind yeah. of thing. And, like, it's just kind of kicking everything else to the curb. Not to, like, a detriment, because, like, it is really playing that ace really highly. But, uh, like, I go back to the conversation we had last week where you said with uh, Memories of Murder and, like, uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Where, like, if Memories of Murder is a more intellectual version of Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, And I feel like Sympathy is a more intellectual version of Uh, old boy. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that
1: definitely this movie, like you feel more for the characters in this movie than like Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, right? Because you're like, you're literally in their shoes in this movie where like you're like Mm -hmm. with the characters the whole time in this movie, whereas in Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, it's like you're not really there with them the whole time. Sure. Right? We're like we're like you know like the characters are all like we follow different characters at different times, yeah. And so that really affects the way that, um, you kind of go about caring for the characters, right? Mm-hmm. As here, you're basically with Tetsu the whole time, and you're like in his shoes, yeah. And you're kind of finding out the mysteries as well alongside him, uh-huh. which is kind of why I think that yeah. works the way that it does.
0: I think sympathy for his vengeance, is, like. I think it did a better job of doing like a personal revenge story because like even though like we're not like it we're kind of like not too attached to them, we understand that like from all sides of like why one's revenge from the other, you know like who's at fault and who's not at fault, where it's like you can complain every- you can blame everybody but not blame each other at the same time, like it did that weird duality, whereas here. Like it's, like it's clearly a revenge film because we feel that, like, Desu is like, he obviously did something wrong, but we don't know what it is, and he's like going on the journey to figure it out, and then he doesn't figure out to the end, and it's like, it's like a revenge movie flipped on itself because like the real revenge was from Hu Jing the entire time, yeah, right, and so we're kind of like losing that factor of like, knowing. I just feel more that Old Boy, is playing towards like, a genre film versus, like, one that sticks, like, true to, like, a thematic film. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I,
1: guess I kind of understand what you're trying to say.
0: Like, like, And, like, that plays into, like, just how stylized the film is and how much of, like, kind of, like, a thriller and, like, how exciting it is. Like, I think, like, even in terms of, like, an audience, it appeases to a lot more audiences. Like, I think anybody can, like, really be excited about this movie and be, like, entertained by it. Whereas Sympathy it doesn't have that X-factor to it. You know?
1: I feel like this movie is a more personal revenge film, though. You think so? Like, in terms of, like, the character and, like, them purely wanting revenge, you know? Yeah. Like, like I Tezu. Like... Tezu is, like, revenge incarnate, right? And then... Sure. Well, he's not even. He's, like, one <laughs> level under Ujin in terms of revenge, <laughs> <Really>? right? Like, <laughs> you and, try. And, 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 yeah. and that's the I think that's the beauty of the film, where it's, like you're always in Tezu's shoes. And because you're so closely intertwined with him, you're kind of like rooting for him, right? You kind of wish that he get his revenge because of the things that we see him go through. Yeah. Because we're personally there and the camera, you know, points us there. But like, if you kind of look at the bigger picture, you're like, oh, wow. Like, Ujin kind of feels like he got screwed too. Right. And that he is kind of warranted his revenge. Right. But then you're like, that's a little way too far for revenge don't you think like (laughs) like so like i think the beauty of it is like the twist where it's like you think that you know you're supporting um tezu and what he is going for in terms of his revenge right and then seeing that like ujin also has a reason why he's doing his revenge and i think that's where the the theme of revenge like and the discussions can be had where it's like so like who's in the right or who's in the wrong. Right, right. And then it, 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 it plays with that again in this movie where um in sympathy circle. too, right? The, yeah. Right. In, in sympathy too, it was like a circle as well. And we were kind of talking about yes. how like, you know, there is no good revenge. It's always just uh, you're everyone's screwed. Yeah, yeah. And in this movie is is the same way where like Ujin, yeah, he got his revenge but he kills himself at the end too. Thinking about it in terms of like life is like right. Do you really want to live a life like that? Right? right? Like where <laughs> Literally, your whole life was dedicated right. to cr- to perfecting this scheme, <laughs> right, and making this scheme happen. Yeah, and you know, like it's and, no happy ending, right? And Tetsu also like he was so focused on this revenge, and later he he does ask for forgiveness. So right? he's like, all by like the reason why he's asking is because he doesn't want Mito to find out. That's the reason why he's doing it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but even at the end, like the tables have turned and he's like, like the revenge that he wanted so badly kind of turns on his head and he doesn't know yeah. like if that was worth it all, right? Mm-hmm. And so...
0: Well, I love like the added element that it takes to get to that point, which was like, you know, uncovering the truth of like what was done to him. Because like, like, like I said, he comes to that point where like Evergreen, like, well, at the time he knows Evergreen, but like Woojin is like right there like with him in the room. He's, yeah. He wants to go to the other apartment. And it's like you can take your revenge like right there and then and then just move on with your life. Like that was completely an option and like completely what would be understood from us because obviously like, you know, this has been done wrong. It's like, like now you can enact your revenge and just go on about your life. You know, being ignorant, like ignorant is bliss in that moment. But like the added element of like the, the you, why, the why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like you'll never know like why you were done that whole thing. right? And like, that's kind of like the, like the really X factor with this story, mm-hmm. you know, most of all, where it's like, like you said, if, if like the theme of like, if the constant message of like revenge is like, you know, it's, you know, violence beckons more violence. And, you know, there's really no justification in revenge at the end of the day. Whereas like, if he took revenge at that moment, I felt like it would have been justified. in the fact that we didn't know why it happened, but like now that he does know the why we're kind of back at the right again. you're
1: kind of like oh we come to the understanding that everyone's wrong right we're and exactly, that's what we kind of talked about exactly. last week too is like no one is right in this in this moment yeah. right
0: so it's just like let ignorance be bliss or like you find out and then damn like,
1: oh, right and then you're here. like okay so i guess <sighs> i did something wrong as well right yeah. <laughs> it's like you can never come out clean in exactly. in that instance the theme of the stories that we yeah. constantly have been watching is like No one's ever going to come out clean. So, like, you got to really think about, like, is the revenge worth it, right? Is it... Yeah. Is is, is it... Or is it even warranted that you go to such lengths to get your revenge? Right.
0: I mean, and that, like, question is, you know, pulled to, like, its ends in this film, obviously. Just, like, like, the dramatic and, like, the extent of which they go to to get their revenge, you know? And, like, my question is, do you think that, like the revenge is more warranted in this film versus In Sympathy his Vengeance? Or do you think this one was like pettier? This was way pettier. <laughs> <laughs> Not, well, I can't say petty.
1: I don't think right. it's necessarily petty, but I think that they really went way overboard, right? <laughs> I don't think that the, what the, the okay. grief and the sadness that they face, I don't think is petty. Right. But I think that they really went overboard here, right? Yeah. It, um, it
0: goes back to the line of like uh, Wu Jing said. He's like, whether it be a grain of salt or like a stone, it all sinks into the river. yeah, the yeah.
1: And that that's like the big thing, right? Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter whether this was big or not to you. Yeah. It's you're it's, still gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> you're still gonna it's, get you know get the cut. consequences are
0: all the same. Bro. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, because it's like you know with with uh, with Day um, so it's like. Obviously, he's kind of a rascal of a guy, right? He's, like, constantly getting into trouble, which is the first thing that we see him in the police station. And then when he kind of is, when we're when he's being kidnapped and he decides to, like, you know, write down in his journals everybody that he's done wrong, and he's, like, filling up books and notebooks of, like, names and reasons. And, like, we just know that he's, like, a bad guy in character. Well, you like, you got to really think, though, it's like,
1: Is he really a bad guy or is he just a normal person? But that's what (laughs) I'm saying. Like
0: it's just his character. Like like he like the problem is like you talk too much. Right. Right. Like he just has a big mouth, essentially. I think that's like kind of the thing. But that's that's just a character thing. Like that's that's who he is, you know? And they just had like one particular case had led to this very dramatic event in which now you know he was being taken like then like somebody or like the victim Wanted to take his revenge on him. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of like a, a duality of, like, perspective, essentially. Where it's like, this one guy caused this whole thing because he has a big mouth. Whereas for Daeseu, it's like, well, I mean, that's just who he is. Like, you know, to him, he had no kind of bigger consequences.
1: And it's it's like the, even the little things can, yeah. you know, cause big floods, right? right? Exactly. Little pebble.
0: That's why it's like, you look at the situation for Woojin's sister, right? It's like... The reason why she committed suicide was like a gravity of things, like like you couldn't just pin it down to like sure if you scrape like what he did was like scrape and scrape and it went to the root of the problem, which Uh. was him telling somebody. But like it wasn't him alone that caused her to commit suicide. It was just like a mix of everybody's. He could have
1: also not been incestuous, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs)
0: Right, like if you really wanted to look at the root, it's you, bro. (laughs) It's you, Jin. It's your own damn fault. I mean, you know, but nah. But yeah, so it's like dang. <laughs> it's a good movie
1: because it merely makes you think about um the extremes and yeah. by thinking about the extremes and when you look at your own life you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, like Who you know, hates me that badly? What does it mean to have you know, to get revenge and like Man. is it really worth going through all of that? And 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 it kind of lets you see the extremes of things. So I think that's why it's like an interesting movie yeah. to watch in, in the context of like uh you know, the themes and stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, well yeah, we'll save up stacking for later at the end of the series. But no, oh, yeah. You know, Old Boy's good. Old Boy has a good place in everybody's heart, particularly. Yeah. Um but yeah, but next week we'll be talking about I guess the end of the revenge trilogy, even though the handmaiden is also a revenge film, so uh which would be out Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. It's called. Um, and I really n- remember nothing about this movie. That I think about it, mm-hmm. like outside of like there are like bits of scenes that pop into my head, but like for the majority, I don't really like can't piece it together. So I also don't know how much I was paying attention while I was watching it. <laughs> so we'll see. I think it's a long one. It's probably because it was really long. probably why. But um, just to recap, we are watching the. Uh, the color fade one, right mm-hmm. on that movie. So if you go find that director's cut, um, that is the one that we'll be watching for that. But um, I am going to leave off with some some quick scene facts because I forgot to come through these. But basically, for the octopus, there were four live octopus eaten in that in that scene, and there was like an interview with um, Park cho wook And somebody asked it was like if he felt bad for uh, Choi Min-sik, who played the played Desa for eating them, and he was like, "No, I actually felt more bad for the octopus."
1: <laughs>
0: um, there's a little bit of a connection with Mister Sim- with uh, Mister Vengeance, which was the guy who committed suicide. Was actually one of the terrorists in Mister Vengeance, if you recall. So they're all in the same universe. <laughs> he was committing suicide because he felt bad for the being guy with terror- the dog. Right? Yeah, the guy with the dog. Beginning. Yeah. He's like, "You're not gonna listen to my story." No. <laughs> okay um let's see and hey, what's funny is like I kept seeing this come up when I was looking on like points is that <laughs> people are like Choi Min-Sik is 14 years older than Yuji Te, who plays yeah. uh um the other guy Oho mm-hmm. um, but in the movie they're high school classmates yeah <laughs> so it's like well are they the same same class even, okay, but think about same this Same grade, though. I mean? Even if they weren't in the same grade, like how many grades are in high school for- Four years. Four years? Yeah. Like 14 versus like four the max. That's no, still but, huge. Uh,
1: I heard a lot of things regarding like the reason why he looks so young uh-huh. comparatively.
0: And He's just like, been working out? He's just been keeping his- No, body. no, like it,
1: it's more about like, more like thematic stuff where like they're yeah. comparing him to like a Greek god. I was going to bring that and, out. I totally forgot to bring that yeah.
0: But like yeah, so there's was this huge thing between like uh, the Greek story or the Greek uh, mythology of uh, Oedipus in this film, which kind of like makes a lot of sense, right? If it, when I looked into it, like Odysseus is supposed to represent Oedipus, who is, um basically fell in love with his mother after like this whole thing, um, and then like like you said, like um, Wu Jing is supposed to kind of I saw two like one is that he could be like Apollo, which was the mm-hmm. god that. Gave the prophecy to Oedipus that of like his fate essentially, um, or like the other thing that I read was that, um, he like represents just like a god essentially, yeah. and that, um, this is like sort of like just a mere mortal and yeah. like you know, he's like in the movie, you know, young, like handsome, but he's like, you know, has all these rich riches, and he's also kind of like the puppet master over everything, so he plays like a very like godlike figure, yeah, uh, and he's just like dictating literally the fate <laughs> of of um, Desu throughout the movie. So there's kind of, like, that element. Yeah, You gotta kind of look at, like, the hypnosis as, like, uh, Aphrodite, who's, like, the god of love, right? Because she hypnotizes them into being in love. Yeah. Um, So there's kind of, like, a lot of parallels between that. And Park Chan-wook, I don't know, like, to what extent he wanted that, but he did kind of see, like, Dissa as Oedipus. There's
1: a scene where Ujin is, like, posing. He does a yoga pose. That's, like, a to make him look like apollo
0: right right so there's definitely some intention intention there but at, at what's what was neat is that apparently like that's more of an insight that korean journalists come out with the movie mm-hmm. versus like u.s journalists have seen yeah so that's kind of an interesting tidbit we're just dumb <laughs> <laughs> i think i <laughs> mean
1: uh, you know people get different you know things out of the movie obviously yeah um but yeah, I think that's an interesting take to it though. Yeah. Like seeing Ushik uh Ujin as like a like a godlike figure. Mm-hmm. Especially um seeing how he manipulates like Tetsu's life. Right. And like every in every aspect, right? Yeah. Like he can't run away from him basically. Exactly. And that's a kind of an interesting take on that.
0: He's the reason that you're alive. He's and then if you, like you
1: even if you watch even if you know like uh Greek mythology too. You see that all the gods are very, uh, they they do whatever they want, and they they're promiscuous, and like, you know, they super sly, they, and super uh, like selfish, impregnate like mortals, and you know, like all of that, and they get with their own, yeah, you know, own people, oh. and all <laughs> that, <laughs> all sketchy, other gods, stuff and yeah, and all like that weird. happens in, <laughs> in in Greek mythology as well. So I think yeah. it's a very apt kind of comparison, mm-hmm. um, comparing um, Ujin to that, and like. And I guess like Tezu kind of was the one that tempted or like or like uh, uh, rebelled against the gods, right? Right. He's suffering right. for that,
0: <laughs> right? Fate unintentionally. So
1: it's like it's like, a very it's, you can you can see it as a Greek tragedy, and I think y- yeah. it you still kind of make sense.
0: It it is a very strong parallel though. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely like even like till Natalie White, it kind of just like is a, yeah. into, into that mix. Um, but uh, other than that. You know, we like I said, there there was a couple of remakes. There's actually also a Hindi remake oh. as well, which probably just isn't good either.
1: Maybe we should watch the, all the remakes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> For slow Patreon. Down. Slow down there, <laughs> slow down there, <laughs> and see how even it if is. you guys
0: pay, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of grief on my behalf. Um, but like uh, regarding the U.S. remake, like so, there was a 13 remake directed by Spike Lee, starring um, uh, Josh Brolin, like Elizabeth Olson and all of them. And it's not good, but like, um, basically Spike Lee took it up, and um, I guess like there was there's just like a difference in cuts. It's like the original cut by Spike Lee was like an hour and forty minutes, um, and basically like the studio cut it up to be no, no, it was hundred and forty three minutes, and the studio cut it up to be like hundred and three, and then basically they were like this isn't our movie, and he just like kind of redacted it, and Bro- Josh Brolin too was like yeah that cut sucks. But that's what we see, so and then we'll probably never see the original cut. Mm. So who knows, like, what his intention was, or like, you know, maybe it was better, maybe maybe it wasn't in that sense. But like, the project had been stirring for a while, like even in the early two thousands. Originally, Spielberg was attached to direct the movie with Will Smith <laughs> starring in it, and um, basically, it went nowhere. And there was like this screenwriter that was gonna uh, adapt the writing, and he actually. He was the only person that stayed with a project because he wrote this the script for Spike Lee's, but um, but then it came out years later that um, Will Smith was like, "Yeah, we're not doing that movie," <laughs> 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 and then like it came back again in like 2011 or something with Spike Lee, but just a weird movie to remake. Like, I don't know, it's not like franchisable, <laughs> you know? Yeah, if that's the goal anyway, but you can't remake Magic, guys. Don't remake Magic. Just saying. But uh, other than that, uh, next week, lady for, or Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, the fade-to-color-to-desaturation uh, version. And we will see you there. And don't forget, we will be launching a Patreon, guys, Um, pretty much soon. Hopefully by the end of this video. Go check it out. We'll have some exciting stuff that you can take part of in tiers. We'll have a, you know, one of our biggest goals for this year, we kind of talked about, was being involved, right? Is that the word? engaged engagement. engaged <laughs> I can't I don't know my English words right now I'm so sorry it was engagement so um you know that's kind of what we're thematically going for here uh we'll be launching a discord and so we can have kind of community and talk going and see what it is that you guys want to see from us and what kind of exclusive episodes and things you know we have some ideas and some episodes in the bag so again go check that out and uh see you next week
1: bye